important words for us today from Ephesians chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Praise the God of heaven for two great themes in these verses in Ephesians chapter 5. One rather unimportant and one very important. One not mystical or mysterious at all and one very mysterious. A husband and a wife becoming one flesh in the Bible sense of that word is not mysterious at all. Nor is it deep, nor is it complicated, nor is it a very lasting relationship. As soon as you die, that relationship ends in its entirety. All it is is a practical union of a man and a wife as who's going to be companions for life, go to bed together every night and start a family of children. And with that, it ends. That's the relationship of a man and his wife becoming one flesh. But there is something else in this passage that is far above that, and that's the relationship of Jesus Christ to his church, that they are one flesh, that we are part of his bone and part of his flesh. Now that is a mystery that has to be revealed by the gospel. And the gospel had already revealed it in this epistle, in the first chapter, when it says that we are the fullness of him that filleth all in all. We are the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Jesus Christ is incomplete without us. Because a rib was removed from him in effect, and with that rib we were made. We are part of his bone and part of his flesh in a spiritual sense that without us, he is incomplete and without him, we are nothing. And together, we are a bride and a bridegroom, the brethren, the children of God, the brethren of the Lord Jesus Christ, the children of God, the heirs of God, forever to be with him as the sons of God. That is a mystery. But it's revealed to us in the gospel that we are the Lord's and the Lord is ours. And that he loved us and gave himself for us. What a dowry he paid. Do you know what kind of a dowry he paid? It was no $3,500. It was no $10,000. It was no million on the barrel head. It was the blood of his own life. He laid down his life for us. Because we were in an arranged marriage. 
with the devil himself, and we were glad to be there because we were foolish and hateful and were to be married to the devil forever. But he came into the strong man's palace and delivered us from that arranged marriage that we were too foolish to even know we shouldn't be in. And he paid the price of his own life and made us his bride and has made us, as it said in the verses that I read to you, sanctified and cleansed. He washed us up. He presented us to himself, a glorious church. We don't have any spots or wrinkles in his sight or any such thing even like a spot or a wrinkle. We are holy and without blemish before him. That is incredible. That is the greatest love story the world has ever heard. The love stories of the world are ridiculous stories of lust, hopelessness, hatred, selfishness, envy, murder, revenge. But this is the greatest love story. This is the joyful sound of the gospel. This is the joyful sound. The dowry that was paid was the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He chose us to be his bride because we would have never chosen him. We had no claim for a worthy husband. Because we were willing to be the servants of the devil. But the Lord Jesus Christ took us and he's made us spotless. And he's clothed us with garments that are made of the gold of Ophir, as we're going to read today, that are perfect. Every woman that has a soul worries on the day of her marriage. Will her husband be pleased with her body? Will her husband be pleased with her lovemaking? Will her husband be pleased with the garments that she has chosen to wear? Every woman with a soul worries about those things, and she ought to. But brethren, we are without spot and without blame, holy and without blemish, perfectly clothed, perfectly washed, sanctified and cleansed, so that we can come boldly into the love-making chamber of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and know that we are fully accepted in His sight, for He shall greatly desire thy beauty. Amen. So we can go in confidently, and please understand it as an analogy, rip off our clothes and love the Savior. That's the analogy of the Bible. That's the analogy of Psalm 45. It's the explanation of the New Testament. Because Ephesians 5, 25 through 32 gives us the interpretation of Psalm 45. A great portion of it. This is the joyful sound. Have you heard the joyful sound? That's what Psalm 89 calls it. When the Lord raises up one mighty out of the people to be our Savior. I never thought I would say I don't mind being a woman. But in a spiritual sense, I don't mind being a woman. And the Lord Jesus Christ, my bridegroom, my husband, the lover of my soul, and he's made me flawless in his sight. He greatly desires our beauty as a church. He greatly desires us. Praise the Lord. That's Psalm 45. That's Ephesians 5. I have labored and struggled and am deeply troubled as to how to share with you the glories of Psalm 45. 
I do not want it to become, uh, let's turn here, let's turn there, let's turn here, let's turn there, and get you confused and lose the sight of the simple love story of Psalm 45. I want to make it as simple as possible today, and I want you to rejoice in glory in every clause. There's about two per verse, and they are precious. He is thy Lord. Worship thou him. Every clause is pregnant with meaning, pregnant with love and feeling for us. This is a psalm of prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ. There are some psalms that refer to Jesus in one or two verses and the rest is Solomon or some other event. Not in this one. Solomon isn't worthy of this psalm. He can't fit it. But the Lord Jesus Christ fits it to a T from beginning to end. And I will remember him before all generations. And we are going to praise him forever and ever. As long as we live here and as long as we live there, which is forever and ever. He is our Savior, our Lord, our husband, our bridegroom. He has loved us with an everlasting love. He's made us perfect in his sight. He accepts us because he's clothed us himself with his own righteousness. We are the delight of his soul. Let us delight in his. Let us delight in all he's done for us. Do you want a successful husband? Oh, the Lord Jesus Christ is successful by every measure. Do you want a gracious one that's graciously kind with his speech? Grace is poured into his lips. What more could you want in a Savior than the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you ever seen a few of his projects? He created the heaven and the earth. That's pretty decent. Do you get excited when your husband gets a promotion? He was promoted to the throne of glory over all principalities and powers. If I'm not careful, I'm going to preach to you a message I preached about ten years ago entitled, The World's Greatest Lover. And I had a hundred or two hundred comparisons between Jesus Christ and the greatest lover that you could imagine among men. And Jesus excelled in every point. Like light to darkness. Praise the Lord. This is our subject for today. Psalm 45. My heart is indicting a good matter. If you read it yesterday with a soul, your heart should be indicting a good matter. Your heart should be full. Because we're going to speak of a good matter. The things concerning the king. There are other psalms that speak of God setting his king upon his holy hill of Zion. But there isn't one as affectionate of that king for us like Psalm 45. And when you die, all that is, is going on a trip to the mansions he's preparing for you in heaven. As one of our dear brothers prayed in this room just a few minutes ago. That is all death is. Is a husband taking his bride to be at home with him forever. Wonderful. This is a great mystery. But not to us. By his word and by his spirit, he's revealed it to us. We are that tight with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are part of his bone and part of his flesh. We are tied into him completely. He was incarnate in the very flesh that we carry. He was not made of the seed of angels, according to Hebrews chapter 2, but he was made of the seed of Abraham. So that with flesh, blood, and bone, he could be just like us, call us brethren, and deliver us from our sins. And we're going to, we're married to him forever. There's no divorce that ends this relationship. He'll never cast us out. Praise the Lord. We are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. How in the world 
He's done it for us. We believe it by faith. We trust Him. We humble ourselves before such grand statements. And we rejoice. The Lord's Supper is not a time for us to grieve. It is a time for us to confess our sins and forsake them. That's all the grieving you should do. And it only takes a few seconds or minutes for you to confess your sins and to be prepared to sit at His table. And then it's time to rejoice. Because the supper is the dowry for our marriage. He's no longer suffering. Sins were paid for once for all. Now He's in heaven waiting for us to arrive so we can have the marriage supper of the Lamb and be united together forever and He can show us all the goodness of His mansions. He wants to share His wealth. We're too pitiful in this stage of our existence to even appreciate it fully. It's all coming in the future. It's the joyful sound we want to have in our hearts and on our lips this day. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. There's no mystery about you and your wife. None. There's no mystery about my wife and me. None. It is a practical relationship of time. It had a beginning and it has an end. And it's very simple in its practical relationship. We need companionship. We need a lover. And we need two parents to make children. And that's about it. Together we're heirs together of the grace of God. But so is everyone else, a brother and sister, and an heir together of the grace of God. The great mystery is right here. Christ and the church. And that is what we should delight in. And that is why we come together into this house so that we can be reminded of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven and have them explained to us by God through His Spirit, His Word, and His preachers and delight in them. And believe in that message and know it and lay hold of it. And live our lives and face death and go through the curtain of death. Knowing the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We're part of his bone and part of his flesh. Do you think he's going to let you be lost? No. Not a chance. You're part of his bone and part of his flesh. Every decent husband in here wouldn't let his wife's bone and flesh be lost. He would fight with tooth and nail to preserve her. If her life was being threatened. Ah, the Lord Jesus Christ is a better husband. We'll never be lost. Right, right. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank Thee and praise Thee, O Lord of heaven and earth, that You have told us such things. But, O Lord, You could not have told us of them unless You had planned them and performed them by the zeal of the Lord of hosts. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, that the Prince of Peace is our bridegroom and husband. We thank Thee that He has loved us so much. He laid down His life for us. He has sanctified and cleansed us. He has made us without blemish or spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. And we praise Thee. O Lord, forgive us our sins. Forgive us the slothfulness of our souls that do not delight in Thee as we should. Forgive us the foolishness of our lips that do not speak of Thee as often and as highly as we should. O Lord, forgive us where we have wandered, wandered and flirted with this world when we should be totally and only and devotedly and eternally in love with Thee only. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this day, bless us to adore Him, to exalt Him, to worship Him and to serve Him and to love and serve one another. We thank Thee for our salvation. We thank Thee for our marriage to the Lamb of God.
And we pray that you will bless us. Oh Lord, send the Holy Spirit, that uniting comforter that will unite us together and be the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts and in this assembly. And bless us by his power to have the Holy Ghost reveal Jesus to us. We thank thee for the word of God that tells us these things. Without it, we would be lost on the sea of life, drowning in our own foolishness, without wisdom or knowledge or truth. And we thank thee for it. We pray for your servants in every place and your saints that gather together this day, that you will be among them and bless them. Lift them up and enlarge their hearts. Protect them from their enemies and reveal the Lord Jesus Christ to them and let them find that better thing this day. O Lord, preserve our nation that we might continue to worship Thee with this freedom. Preserve our livelihood that we might eat and drink and clothe ourselves with those necessities that we can still follow hard after Thee with all our might and not be distracted by the carnal cares of financial means. Lord, be with us and help us. Our trust is in Thee. We love Thee. We thank Thee for first loving us. And we thank Thee for marrying us and paying the dowry of Your own precious Son that we could be Your children and married to Him forever. We thank You for the mansions prepared for us in heaven. Not that we can delight in what we've got, but that we can give back to Him the praise and thanksgiving for all that Thou hast done for us through eternity Time and eternity again. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.